I want to draw your attention if you received an adoration flyer on the way in. And by the way, we put some lyrics to some songs. If you want to download them, you can keep this in your Bible and meditate upon it. Next week, we start the book of Revelation. Please read ahead. It's the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing. In fact, there are seven. See if you can find them when you're reading Revelation. But there's a little book before Revelation called Jude. Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. Yes, Mary and Joseph had other children. And Jude, you would think, being the half-brother of Jesus, could have been a hot author in that day, right? Write a book about your brother, you know, pretty popular. But he writes one letter, one of the smallest letters in the Bible, that has 25 verses. In your Bible or on your adoration handout, I'm going to read two. This is Jude, verses 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude has one message. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, that's a strange verse, right? For those of us who know and love grace, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That was my problem. I couldn't keep myself in the love of God. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. That was the epiphany when I came to Christ that I'm saved by grace, you know, through faith. It's the gift of God, not of any works, lest any man should boast. And then let's say it really is a gift. Am I supposed to keep it? Like what God has given me, that doesn't make any sense because Romans 8 says that famine or sword or, or anything, you know, God is keeping me in his hand. So what in the world is Jude talking about when he says keep yourself in the love of God? Well, there was an old preacher, commentator from the 1800s who when I heard this 30 some years ago, I never forgot it. His commentary on this verse was, keep yourself under the spout where the glory comes out. Keep yourself under the spout where the glory comes out. Now let me explain that. We just sang the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Corey Asbury wrote that song. Churches are singing it like crazy. It's like number one, which is weird because there's a Christian number one. But anyway... But it's an overwhelming song, right? It's amazing. He wrote it, he was a worship leader for a long time, when he looked at his newborn. And for all of you who have ever experienced that, right? It's crazy. We created this. It's ours. What do we do with this? And there's this overwhelming love for this. New creation, right? And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Children, we all know, are unreasonable, inconsiderate, and downright rude, Right? Now, I'm learning that all over again as a grandparent. Uh, I've, Declan is a grandson of mine. He's, uh, he's almost two. And he's cranky one minute for no reason, happy one minute for no reason. And so we went to the pool on Monday. And uh, finally he gets out of the pool. We're having a great day. And I hand him, like, at the end of a roll, which should be like a steak for, like, a one-and-a-half-year-old. And he takes two bites and throws it into the bush. And I turned to my daughter, and I already knew the answer. I raised four kids. I said, why did he do that? And she said, Dad, he's demon-possessed. You should live with him. <laughs> That's kids, right? They're unreasonable. And then later, he's like pulling down her shirt. He wants to nurse. He doesn't care that everybody's around. They don't care about your schedule, your time. And then they really are rude, right? We were on a long trip one time, and uh, my aunt and her friend was there. And I think my daughter, who was four at the time, 
was stroking my aunt's friend's nose, saying, how come your nose is so big? <laughs> Just flat out rude. But you can go through a whole day like that and then look at your husband and wife and say, uh, should we have another one, right? Sign up for more insanity. And Corey Asbury's right. Why God would love us makes no sense. We disobey, we go sideways, we live in unbelief most of the time. It's crazy. So how do we keep ourselves in the love of God? How do we stay under the spout where the glory comes out? Jude tells us there were three people groups that did not keep themselves in the love of God. Verse 5, 6, and 7. Verse 5, the nation of Israel. Verse 6, angels. Verse 7, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's start with Israel. Do you think God had a spout where the glory was coming out for the people that came out of bondage in Egypt? Yeah, how about a land flowing with milk and honey? Wow. How about grapes the size of softballs? How about a chapter in Deuteronomy with so many blessings that would overtake them? You know, Moses had to go to great length to write it. How about every man sitting under his vine and his fig tree? Wow. How about giving them the power to create wealth? Wow. That's a lot of glory. And what happened? They all died in the wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb said we can do this. Forty years of grumbling and complaining and unbelief and looking back. They took an 11-day journey and turned it into 40 years. May that never be said of us. They wasted all the miracles, the manna, the fire. And they never got into the spout where the glory came out. In fact, they looked back, they built idols, they reminisced about the past. Then there's the angels. This blows my mind. The angels, Job said, saw creation. The morning stars, they broke out in applause every day when God was creating. You know, they were throwing up those signs, giving God a 10 for the Himalayas and the black forest. And wow, this is amazing, God. And then Jews, as they lost their habitation, they followed Lucifer, the archangel, who said, I will exalt my throne above heaven. I will be like God. Hubris, pride. Never received the love of God. And then finally, and I think we can resonate with this people group, Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, the minute you hear Sodom and Gomorrah, you hear sexual sin, or you think of that, and Jude does say that. The problem is the Old Testament says that these were the sins of Sodom. It doesn't even mention sexual sin. They had abundance of food, idleness of time, and no regard for the poor. That area was lush and verdant. Probably looks something like Hawaii. They grew an abundance of food. If you go there today, it looks like the moon. You try and tell me that God didn't rain down on them, on Sodom and Gomorrah, fire and brimstone. Why is there a dead sea? Why does the area look like it does? But because it was so lush and verdant, they had an abundance of food. Once a culture has an abundance of food, guess what they have? Idleness of time. And I don't even need to go there. And then no regard for the poor. Probably as close to a culture as we are today. And they never sat under the spout where the glory came out. In fact, the poster child of that generation was Lot's wife who looked back. Can only think about the lush and verdant valley, not the things that God had. So how do we stay under the spout where the glory comes out? How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? You've got to stay in a place where the God who longs to bless, and give you the cattle on a thousand hills, can. God can't bless sin. 
He can't bless unbelief. He can't bless idol worship. This is common sense, right? Do you ever go into a pool that's heated when it's cold out? And you go in and say, I thought this was a heated pool. And now you're stuck. So you swim around and then you find that one little hole where the hot water's coming out. And you just sit there. That's what it means to keep yourself in the love of God. Jude says, first of all, praying in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I won't leave you or forsake you. I'll give you another comforter. He will reveal to you all truth. The church today knows God and Jesus. We forgot the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When you're reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit is illuminating it. He's taking the same verses and speaking to you during the day. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's reminding us of the great things of God. One of the ways we stay under the spout where the glory comes out, obviously, we talk about this all the time, is to be in the Word of God, to listen to podcasts and sermons, to pray in the Spirit, to do what we're doing now, to gather together as a people of God. Last week, um, I normally come to the center after the service. I was over here, and I was talking to someone, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned around, and I thought I saw a ghost. It's Pastor Herb Lusk, friend of mine. I'm like, Herb, what are you doing here? Because he has his own church. And he said, I'm on vacation. I thought I'd come hear you. And uh, we talked for a while, and then I went in the cafe, and he pulled out his Eagles Super Bowl ring. He's the chaplain. He played for the Eagles, but he's their chaplain, and they gave him a ring. And so I marched it around, and everybody put it on their hand and took pictures. And for those of you who weren't here, you missed out, right? See what happens. You never know what happens when you come to church. You might get a picture with your Super Bowl ring on your hand. Seriously, when you come to church... You might be meeting the needs of someone else. They might be meeting your needs. Somehow, collectively and mysteriously, this all works. For 30 years of my Christian life, I drove 35 or minutes or more to get what I thought was a prevailing church. Sent our kids to Christian school. It's not for everybody, but we did it. Got on airplanes to go where I thought God was moving. And always tried to position ourselves under the spout where the glory comes out doesn't mean life is easy. It doesn't mean there's not trials. It just means that there is a God who is walking side by side, who loves you and cares for you more than you can ever imagine. I'll leave you with this. I think the greatest example of everything I just shared comes from Lee Strobel's The Case for Miracles. Lee Strobel was an atheist, an investigative reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He becomes a Christian. And so he uses his investigative skills, and he writes a book called The Case for Christ which becomes a case for faith, which becomes a case for Easter, and it becomes a movie. And he writes a book called The Case for Miracles. And he interviews a man named Michael Shermer, who I know through my reading. He's the writer of Skeptic Magazine. And I never knew this backstory. Michael Shermer accepted Christ in the Jesus movement as a teenager. Did everything Christians who say that prayer do? He prayed, he read his Bible, he even thought about going to college for theology, and now writes Skeptic Magazine. When Lee Strobel said why, he said it was a long, gradual drift, which Hebrews warns about, right? We should give heed, more earnest heed to the things we've heard lest we drift. He went to university, he, he, he got into evolution, he got into all these things, and slowly God 
drifted far away till he became a leading skeptic. Now, contrast this with Dr. Craig Keener, an avowed atheist by 15, brilliant. He's walking home one day from school and two Baptist boys preached the gospel to him and it was a clinic on how not to preach the gospel. Told him he was going to hell, told him he was dressed wrong, told him God was mad at him. They did everything wrong. So please preach the gospel. Even if you do it wrong, good things might happen. It happened to him. He's walking by a Catholic church with a cross. And he says, oh my gosh, what if it's true? What if God's looking down on me? Goes into his room, opens a Bible, reads a couple passages, says, guys, if you're real, show yourself to me. I guarantee you this won't happen to everybody every time. But he said, I didn't know what it was called then. He said, but the overwhelming presence of God was in the room. It was tangible. He was so freaked out, he went to a church on Sunday, told the pastor, the pastor said, look, let's pray this prayer to kind of make it official. And the same presence came in the room. This is a man who would go on to write the greatest commentary on the book of Acts and the greatest work on miracles in the modern day church. Over 20 books, one of the great apologists just of all time, listen, said, from that time, my heart had to catch up to my mind. What's the difference between these two men? One man stayed under the spout where the glory comes out. And another man, like Eve, went looking for other things. I think what God's sharing to us this morning is his love is greater and more overwhelming and radical than anything on this planet. Why wouldn't we stay in the place where he can bless? You see, God doesn't move, we do. You know the deal, you're down the shore, you look up, you're reading the newspaper, your kids have drifted two blocks. We drift, he doesn't. He longs to bless and to love And he wants us to be under that spout that the glory might come out.